you haven't arrived until you have arrived. That is one of the lessons of Chai Elul, and particularly the fact that Chai Elul is always around about the time of Parashas Ki Savoy, about our arrival in Eretz Yisrael, the Holy Land. Chai Elul let us from Shnei HaMa'oyos HaGedolim. Chai Elul is the birth date of the great luminaries, the two great luminaries, the Baal Shem Tov on the one hand, who is Miyasev Nateres Chassidus HaKlolis, who established the general concept of Chassidus and philosophy of Chassidus, and Al Terebe Miyasev Nateres Chassidus Chabad. And the Alter Rebbe, who instituted the specific teaching of Chassidus Chabad. So Chai Elul is Alamol Chol Bischal Bismichus Pashas Shabbos Pashas Tovoy, is always close to Pashas Kisovoy, or the Shabbos Tovoy Aleinu, sometimes even on the Shabbos itself. Now, nothing's by accident. Since every special date on the calendar, which is from Loshen Miyuod, it's also related to the word something which is designated as Man Mitas Special and Inhalt. A time with a special content. So all the moya de Hashan as I'm in rumors in the parshas Atayro was very galant in this manim and velchas designen chal, seeing as every special date on the calendar is alluded to and represented by the parshas that we read around about that time. Daf mezogen. So we must conclude as in parshas Tovoi is merumas oich de teichem chachayel that in the parsha of Kisavoi you will find the theme and the message and what the energy of Chayel is all about. Particularly because we do consider Chayel not just to be a designated date on the calendar, but a full-blown Yom Tov. So the Nomen from Unzer Sedra, the name of our parasha, Vos in Iri Zongedait Kiyodur Detechem from the Ganzer Sedra, as we well know, the name of the parasha encapsulates within it the real essence of the theme of what the parasha is all about, is Savoy, or Ki Savoy, when you will come into the land of Eretz Yisrael. And the Taichon Tovayala Oretz, the meaning of entering the land of Israel, means is Achar Yerusha V'yeshiva. After they inherited the entire land, which obviously included uh, removing the nations who were there prior, and settling the land through the processes of dividing up the land using the different lotteries, and then people actually taking their allocated areas. Onit Nor in Unza Parashva Deposik is Mephorate very Yorashtev Yoshaftabo. That expression Kisavai doesn't only apply to our parasha, but the Torah says very clearly that it's talking about Vyorashtra, you'll inherit the land, Vyoshaftabo, and you'll settle there. Now Vichazal Zogin, but rather it is, as the Gemara tells us, as Umetum, where Shtei Kisavai, Vichayotze, was there any place in the Torah where it uses that expression when you will come into the land or something similar? The definition of arriving in the land is you've inherited the entire place and everybody has settled. So seeing as that's how you interpret the, the phrase Kisavai everywhere that it appears, is fashtandik, we can understand as it's an extrapolation, as the Gemara Kedushin tells us that, because the Torah in one place, yeah, tells us that Kisavoy means after you've inherited and after you have settled. But the reality is that now becomes the meaning of this word Tovoy. When we talk about arriving in the land, that is the meaning, complete settlement in the land, not just crossing over the border. Nochmer, not only that, and this is where it gets very important, Yerushiv Yeshiva, the concept of inheriting and settling in the land, make nit the Yerushiv Yeshiva fundim yachad. It's not a personal thing. When I, the individual, get my allocation of land, then we've achieved kisavai. 
As nachdem wie er bakum sein chedikenet sal dafer bringing bikurim, which would practically mean, because the mitzvah the parasha is talking about is bringing bikurim. So when the individual gets his allocation of land and settles there fully, now he is required to bring the first fruits as bikurim. No, rather what it means is noch di yudalet shana, that only after the 14 years should kofshevichalku, that they conquered the land and then divided the land between Gans Eretz Yisrael, the whole Israel, between the whole Jewish people. The Rebbe has already previously explained why Rashi is so specific in his wording over here at the beginning of this parish, where he says, Magid, it teaches us, that the entire principle of Bikurim only became relevant, and they were only obligated to bring Bikurim only after the entire land was conquered and divided up between the Shvatim. Rashi doesn't leave it to a generic term after conquering and acquiring and settling. No, he says, after they took the whole land and conquered it and divided it all up. As the Mitz Rashi Madgish, through that Rashi is emphasizing for us, as that here in our parasha, when it says that you shall inherit the land and settle the land, meant Kibush Vechilekoritz von ganzen Land. It means specifically after the entire Eretz Yisrael is taken by the Jewish people and divided between the community, which took 14 years. So therefore we can conclude that this principle of the absolute, total uh, acceptance of and, and settling of the land is all incorporated in the word Tavoy, the name of our parasha. So therefore, the name of the parasha represents the theme of the parasha. What is the message of the parasha? Complete and finalized conquest of Israel. How is that linked to Chayel? Well, first we have to understand the Bir was it, the explanation of why this is. The Richtika Taich from Bir is... Generally speaking, throughout Torah, when we use the word to come or to arrive, it means a full and complete entrance. Like, for example, the Gemara tells us that to enter something partly is not to enter at all. And there's certain scenarios in Aloha where even if one little bit is left out of the entrance, it's not truly considered entering. And a great example that we can all relate to is that in order for a person to immerse in water to become pure, which is tefillah, going to a mikveh, every last hair of the person has to go under the water. If even one hair remains above the water's surface, it's not considered bias maim, right? But the Pasuk says you have to enter the water. You haven't entered the water. So that's why the word Tavoy has to mean after the complete conquest and settling of Israel. Because it's only after that happens that we could say the Jewish people are truly and completely in the land. In a way that is permanent and settled. Even more than that, when you consider that every one of us as Jewish people, we're all linked, we're all united, we're all one big family, one big unit. If 
it hasn't yet reached the point where the whole Jewish nation is settled in the land, at least for Stephen's and so they have to be in Eretz also. If they're not all there yet, then even the person who's quite settled in their home and has their farm and is doing their thing and is ready to bring Bikurim, they're actually not considered yet to be settled in the land. Even though in his personal experience, he's got his piece of land and he is settled. Still, it doesn't work until everybody's in. On the far as the BR in Eretz Yisrael, that's why the true entrance into Israel is Noch, Kibush, Vechiluk, Fungans, Eretz Yisrael, only after the entire land is conquered and settled by the Jewish people. On Dos is the Keshet Svishan Pashas Tov and Chayelo, that's the link between Pashas Kisov and Chayelo, this complete entrance into the holiness of Israel. Because the Uftu von Teresa Hasidus, the achievement of Hasidus, was his Nizgale Givoren durch Baal Shemtev on the Malten Rebbe, which was revealed to the world first through the Baal Shemtev and then in a completely different way through the Alter Rebbe in a more consolidated way, is as the Avoid von Teresa The theme of Hasidus is that our experience of serving Hashem should be an experience that we enter completely. That there's no superficiality, there's no doing things half measures. Hasidus brings us to a point that we are totally and completely invested in our service of Hashem. Because there is no facet of the human which is not completely immersed and absorbed in Torah Mitzvahs, and we'll explain what that means. And just as we've said with Parashas Kisavai, entering the land of Israel, there are effectively two elements. The general message of Tavai, which is that it's got to be a complete entrance in order to be an entrance at all. And by specifically the protim in an oifim from them our parish explaining it's not just a generic principle. There are certain steps that have to happen. You have to inherit the land, and then you have to settle the land. So Chayelo reflects similarly two elements of entering the experience of true service of Hashem through Chasidus. Aleph, the Emeletus from Baal Shem Tov. Firstly, Chai Elul is the date of the birth of the Baal Shem Tov. Demiasov and Teresa Chasidus Aklolis, who introduced the broader concept of Chasidus. And then based the Emeletus from the Malten Rebbe, subsequently it's also the birth date of the Alter Rebbe. Demiasov and Teresa Chasidus Chabad, who introduced the unique approach of Chasidus Chabad. Vos the Chilek Tzvishen is, the distinction between general Chasidus and Chabad Chasidus is, Kepiskam Chakmech Admor, as the Friedrich Rebbe would say, as the Baal Shem Tov, what Babi that the Baal Shem Tov illustrated to us what is the correct and appropriate way that we should serve Hashem, which is similar to the general principle of entering Eretz Yisrael. On the and the Alter Rebbe showed not only what we should achieve, but how we can achieve it, how we can truly be a servant of Hashem. Which means to translate all of the concepts into the most practical application. And one of the main innovations of Hasidus Chabad is to drill down into details, not just to have an overarching, enthusiastic Judaism with a strong Nemunah in Hashem. And that is similar to the idea that you have to 
conquer the land, inherit the land, and then settle the land, which we'll discuss. So if Ebedos Fashtein, to understand the distinction between the two forms of Hasidus, we have to first introduce a concept we're very familiar with, which is, as the Gili from Teras Hasidus is to be a We know that the idea of Hasidus entering the world and becoming available to the world is intended to prepare us and the world to be ready for Mashiach. We all know the response that Moshiach gave to the Baal Shem Tov, that the Baal Shem Tov wanted to know, when are you coming? That when your wellspring spread to the furthest reaches of the world, or of the spiritual reality of the world, then Moshiach will come. So, state in Sifre Kabbalah, says in Kabbalah, Now, this is a very Kabbalistic concept. At least it sounds that way. But effectively, what Kabbalah teaches us is that until Moshiach comes, whatever godliness is experienced or revealed in the world is only from the superficial dimension of Atik. Atik is the highest level that we speak about. It's beyond the structure of what's called, say, the Hishtalshlus, the ten energies that power our world. It is the deeper dimension of what is called Keser, which is the motivator that causes all of creation to happen and all of the hierarchy of the spiritual realms that precede creation to happen. So that's called Atik. It's the highest dimension we speak of in most uh, conversations around divine revelation. So till Moshiach comes, we can access Atik, but only the superficial dimension of Atik. And the great shift that's going to happen when Moshiach comes is that we'll then have access to and we'll have the revelation of the deepest level of Atik of Hashem's supernal will and pleasure and drive that, that forced creation or that caused creation in the first place. What's relevant for our conversation is the distinction between chitzonius, the outer expression of Atik, and Pneumius, the inner expression of Atik. That's what we're going to focus on. Seeing as we know that whenever you prepare for something, needless to say, the preparation must be along similar lines to what the goal of the preparation is. So you don't uh, freeze the cholent in order to have cholent on Shabbos. The preparation has to be similar to the result that you want to get. So Daf Mezogan, we can we can therefore explain as the uftuf is in that Hasidus must therefore relate to the inner, deeper dimension of what drives our service of Hashem. Service of Hashem is connected to Hashem's will. We're doing what Hashem wants, and not just what Hashem wants, but what generates so-called pleasure for Hashem, which is represented by Atik, the deeper level of Hashem's supernal will. Generally, Torah Mitzvah speaks to the revealed, accessible dimension of what Hashem's will is, and Hasidus wants to take us to the Pneumia, so therefore must take us to the deeper dimension of what it means to do a mitzvah and to learn Torah. On that far is Hasidus Mamshach de Pneumius von Elikos Pneumiusatik because Hasidus speaks the language of getting to the deeper inner reality of Torah mitzvahs, therefore it unlocks for us the deeper and inner reality of Hashem's highest level of revelation. Now, what's the difference? between something that is chitonius, so-called superficial, or the outer layers, and something that is plimius, which is deeper and inner. You know, we use these words often in Hasidus, but do we really understand what they mean? There's a very simple distinction that the Rebbe is going to teach us here, which is extremely useful to use across the board anytime we encounter chitonius or plimius. 
The Chiruk Tzvishon Pnimus and Chitzenis and Pashtus, but I mentioned, if we examine ourselves, it'll help us to understand what is the difference between something that is more superficial and more personal. Pnimus main for dimensions le'atzmoi. When we use the word Pnimus, we mean how the person is for and in themselves. It's the truth of the person. On Chitzenius, via state shem b'shaychas Whereas chitzonus means how the person relates to an external reality, to hazulas vasisayserim, like another person who is separate from them. So So with that information, let's see what's the difference in how we serve Hashem, whether it's coming from the perspective of chitzonus or pnimius. Then I mentioned any time that a person does anything at all, and we're looking at the example of does Torah mitzvahs from their lesser, outer, more superficial self, then the person is not fully invested in that experience. So for example, if a person is doing something to satisfy somebody else's requirements, so you do it because you have to, you pay taxes because you have to, you stop at a red light because you have to, but it's not necessarily something that speaks to the essence of who you are. Right, so the person only really invests the outer self in this particular experience, and in them gufa which effectively means that I'm only engaging the part of myself that it, that is relative or relevant to that need. So when a person writes the check for the tax, it's just the hand. That's all. I don't invest my heart in it. I don't invest my mind in it. I've got to do it. So I write the checks in. Send the money for the for tax. With the result that the person and the activity remain very separate from each other. I am not a supporter of tax. I'm a taxpayer. I do it because it's required. I don't do it because I enjoy it. The person goes to the dentist because they know that they have to look after the teeth. But they don't invest themselves in that experience and say, oh, this is where you'll find me. You want to know the real me? I'm in the dentist chair. No, you keep a great distance between the activity and the person. Whereas if a person does something with their inner self, then the person's completely invested. So that's a person who's doing something they care about or for someone who they care about. Parenting. Living our passion. When you deal with the inner self of a person, there is no space to accommodate the other, the separate, the different so then it's natural. That if a person does something with the investment of their inner, truest self, no matter if what they're doing is major or minor, big or small, generic or specific, that activity becomes part of him. It's like the person and the activity are one. That's like the expression they say, if you love what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. Because if you love what you're doing, it's part of you. You don't feel like you're schlepping, giving, etc. And that's what Hasidus comes to reveal to our experience of Judaism. Chassidus, but you could apply it also to any part of esoteric Judaism, which is the soul of Judaism. The goal of Chassidus, or any part of Primisatera, is to awaken and expose 
the real deep-seated energy, enthusiasm, and passion that every one of us as Jewish people has for these things called Torah and Mitzvahs. But the nature of energy and enthusiasm is as those Energy becomes one with whatever it energizes. If you have energy, it doesn't add another feature, another limb, another organ, another cell. So, for example, a living body doesn't have more pieces than, God forbid, a dead body. The life of something can never be separate, separated from the something that it gives life to. It is the soul of the body. As a result of which, once that soul is in the body, every part of the body is alive. When the soul is in material mitzvah, every mitzvah is alive. On the time of is the reason is Valchayus is in Hashem Pnimus for mention because life and energy is the soul, it's the inner me, it's the truest me. On the far and on odd for Chayus Kumton, so wherever energy goes to, Nemtas Dortem Ort in Gansen, it completely overtakes the place. This is not a, an abstract concept, we see it. You could see it any person who is energetic about something, the whole place turns around, the whole process is smoother, it's more excited. There aren't those barriers and impediments along the way. That's the achievement of Chasidus when plugged into Torah Mitzvahs. It is possible and unfortunately does happen without Hasidus that the person who does the mitzvah or studies the Torah is very separate and distinct from the mitzvah that they do in the Torah that they learn. That's the person who says, I learn this but I don't necessarily behave that way because it's beautiful in theory and I love to give a pill about it but it hasn't become mine. Even when it comes to learning Torah, even though Torah achieves, as Al-Tarebbe tells us in Tanya, it creates a union that is unparalleled in any other sphere of existence, even in the spiritual realms. To become absolutely one with Torah. And that happens when you're learning Gemara, whatever it is. You become absolutely one with Hashem, who is Noisen HaTorah. That could just be in the mind, as the Alter explains, right? That the Seichel is, is captured within the Muskol, and the Muskol is Nitvas Basichloi. That the intelligence that we have and the Torah, which is Hashem's wisdom, they blend together and become one. But it's quite possible that the person in their day to day life may remain absent from the life that they learned about when they learned Torah. Chassidus demands of us and illustrates to us how every one of us can experience the truest energy of our truest self. Chassidus illustrates to us how in reality, in our truest self, we are not those who do mitzvahs and learn Torah. We are one with mitzvahs and one with Torah. That's what Hasidus achieves. 
And therefore, Hasidus imbues this incredible energy and chayus into every part of our Judaism. And that is perhaps the explanation for what Hasidus is to be a Mashiach. Why Hasidus is the ultimate preparation for Mashiach. Because as we've described, what happens when Moshiach comes? The deepest dimension of the highest level of divine revelation called Primius Atik, which is never revealed, becomes revealed. Every other level in the spiritual hierarchy that Debeshta uses in order to manifest the world, all the way to the next highest level, the outer dimension of Attic, which is the highest realm, all allow the possibility of an alternative. There's Hashem, but there could also be a person, an angel, an entity, a concept. On the river, therefore, I feel him in Zavernis Galen felt even when you reveal those super great spiritual energies into this world, as has happened throughout our history, it doesn't totally negate the possibility that the world could bounce back and say, okay, we heard your story. That was an amazing miracle. Now we're going back to our golden calf or to our misbehavior or to our ignoring of Hashem. What's going to shift when Mashiach comes, when we have the experience of the revelation of the deepest inner truth of Hashem's highest dimension of uh, so-called revelation, actually means that we'll experience Hashem's essence. From the perspective of Hashem's essence, which is absolute truth with capital T, there is no space for any other, any alternative, certainly no obstruction. So then when Hashem exposes that tremendous experience of Primus Attic into all the other worlds, then suddenly you discover there's no world and God, me who serves Hashem, things I use in order to serve Hashem, but at other times may use for personal benefit. It all just becomes one reality. There's Ein oid milvada. There's nothing else besides Hashem. And Hasidus is the training for that and the teaching for that because that's what Hasidus teaches us, that we're absolutely one with Hashem. In the Adam, now seeing as we're describing Hasidus as the life force inside a system, the system of Yiddishkeit. So let's examine the life force of a human being, which is the Neshama, which, of course, the life force spreads through the entire world, uh, the entire body. There are also two, two elements, two levels, two experiences. There is the general life force that keeps the general body alive, which effectively motors and propels all of the limbs of the body equally. And the fact that the hand is alive is no different from the fact that the leg is alive. The human is living. We don't grade the human and say, okay, now the human being is living. So it, does that also apply to the legs? Yes, it does. The fact that the human being is alive means the entire human being is alive with one equal life force. 
But then Bayes, you can get more specific and say, the guy is proti. There is a unique version of the life force, which is calibrated for each part of the body to service what it needs to do. So the fact that I can move my hand like this means that the chayos in my hand is a much more dexterous chayos, a much more complex chayos than the chayos in my foot. That can't, for example, be used to write or to drive a car. In fact, when you're looking from this perspective and you're calibrating the unique chayos of each part of the body, then the heel all the way down at the bottom is called the malachamovis. Because you can barely even see that there's any life force in there at all. You can take that heel and you can walk around on all kinds of things and it, and it manages. So two kinds of life force. There's the overall life versus the opposite. And then there's the specific, what kind of life force do, does this part of the body need in order to fulfill its function? So we can now apply that to the distinction between the kind of enthusiasm and energy and vitality that the Baal Shem Tov's Chassidus injects into Judaism. Compared to the type of chayis that the Alter Rebbe's Chassidus injects into Judaism, is exactly the same as the general chayis that makes that which wasn't living live, versus the specific chayis that allows each thing to fulfill its unique purpose. The Baal Shem Tavot Megale Givena Chayus Kloli in Tera Mitzvahs. The Baal Shem Tavot's achievement was to take a, a Judaism that was almost unconscious at the time and completely bring it to life. By and large, the Baal Shem Tov achieved this by infusing people with a sense of absolute emunah, belief in Hashem. Now needless to say, when a person has strong emunah, it's going to affect every other faculty of their neshama. And bring them all to life. And the, the, the vitality is so powerful that it totally imbues every part of the, pos- of the person. Like the Pasuk says, That the Tzadik, through his imuna, lives. He comes to life. That does not mean, though, that the power and the vitality of that faith in Hashem will cause a specific part of the body to do a specific task in a different way. But because there's this overarching power that's just flowing now through the veins of the person, which is because the person is now plugged into the, the root of, of faith, which is embedded in their neshama. So everything comes to life. And very much like we've described that there's this general life force in the body that of course affects every part of the body. Yet we said doesn't get into the specifics of the finger has to move like this. Rather, it is a life force that speaks to one common theme right throughout the whole body: be alive. Even though all the different parts are parts of the person. So that's like the Baal Shem Tov's Chassidus: take a Judaism and elevate it. 
to an experience of being alive and enthusiastic and filled with faith. Valtrebbe, however, introduced an energy and vitality to every specific dimension of the neshama, on in yet avoid in teremitzus and to every specific part of how we serve Hashem through teremitzus. Oich mitzadim teichem proti fundem koyach, taking into consideration and bringing on board the specific contribution of each specific part of the experience. Which is similar to the idea that within the body there are unique, specific pockets of energy that suit the specific needs and and um, uh, uh, resources of each part of the body. That's why the Alter Rebbe's Hasidus is specifically linked to an intellectual process. How does Seichel process things? Through detail. How do we understand things? I need to know. So what does this mean? And how does it relate to that? And how do I see it from that perspective? And what would the application be in these circumstances? So the idea of Seichel is to completely surround the concept from every perspective so that I've really got it and I really own it. And therefore, as a result, this kind of chayos represented by the intellectual process will affect different parts of the soul faculties. In in a very meaningful, specific, personal way, that suits the unique element of that part of the person or that part of Torah and mitzvahs. So the Baal Shem Tov gave an injection of life into Torah, and the Alter Rebbe gives an injection of life into each specific element of each specific mitzvah and every part of Torah that we learn. Now, you would imagine that if I have an, a vitality that can relate to the specifics of every part of the body, it sounds a lot more focused and therefore a lot more limited and therefore lower than the general chayis that takes something that wasn't living and brings it to life. The first reason you would think it's more limited is because it is limited. Because it is a chayis that is suited for this finger. And, and the chayas that's suited to the tongue, and the chayas that's suited to the eyes. Second of all, is the beautiful neighbor to Also, you wouldn't imagine that the degree to which the particular part of the body has to, so to speak, surrender itself to the energy within it, you'd think is a lot less. Because I don't have to disappear, you're, you're taking me into consideration. In other words, the, the, the fact that the body comes to life, it's not that the neshama comes along and says, okay, listen, do you want to live? You don't want to live. Okay, well, let's negotiate. The neshama comes into the body, the body switches on, comes alive. Body doesn't really have a view. And the body is completely bottled because take out that life and it's going to disappear. Whereas when you're talking about the specific calibration of energy that's going to operate the movement of a finger, well, the finger says, oh, I'm obviously important because look, you had to calibrate a specific type of energy for me. So if I'm that important and I count, you can't be that great because I play, I play a role in your world. Still, there's still an advantage to this very specific kind of chayas over the very generic kind of chayas to the extent that it's actually like some major innovation that the chayas of coming to life doesn't even have. 
Das Guf, was heißt Kloli, ist nicht verbunden mit Ihnen, Protiv von jedem Ever. The very fact that the overarching life of the body is not tethered to a specific part of the body, is aber weiß, as in ihm drückt sich nicht aus, die Schleim, was er tells us that it's not yet the ultimate expression of life. Was der Vernehmte nicht durch euch, dem Ihnen Protiv von dem Ever. How do I know? Because it doesn't give life to that specific task. It just gives life in the general sense. And the ultimate experience of vitality must speak to each thing in a way that empowers each thing to achieve its purpose. Specifically, when you reach that point, that you have the unique chayos that speaks to that part of the body to give it the opportunity to fulfill its objectives. Was ne, is a, um, und in einem Öffnen von Geist, was nehmen sie durch den Ganzen, which as has to be, it's got to be the kind of, kind of energy that totally fills that particular limb. Because if it doesn't, the limb wouldn't work. That's what expresses the ultimate concept of life. Likewise, that's the big innovation of Chabad Chassidus. The fact that the Al-Tarebbe was able to take this massive innovation of Hasidus that literally switched the lights on for the entire Jewish world and could focus it into very specific parts of our Jewish experience, that's what allows the Baal Shem Hasidus to manifest properly. Fully. Was der Farben euch die Protakeres durchgenommen mit dem Geist von Chassidus? Because as we said, when does the Neshama really play its part? When it translates into the specific Chayas that can run every part of the body uniquely. When does Chassidus really play its part? When it translates into the very specifics of every dimension of my Judaism uniquely. Und das ist der Kescher zwischen Chayelu und Pashas Tovoy. That's the link between Chayelul and why we read it specifically in Parshas Kisovay, because as we said right at the beginning, what is Kisovay? The Chayis Klolif and Teres Chassidus Klolis, the generalized Chassidus and the energy that it brings to the world, is Nirmas in Dominion von Tovay, is represented by the word Tovay, was men can also give me Gansen, which as we explained means you haven't entered until you have entered completely and fully. Which means to enter in there, avoid the frontal mitzvahs. That Hasidus gets a person to be enthusiastic and passionate and therefore completely invested in Torah mitzvahs. What does mitzvah in the Kudus Achayus was Torah Hasidus gitarain in the avoid of frontal mitzvahs? That would be the result of the overall energy and vitality that Hasidus plugs into the Jewish experience. But you can't stop there. Then we've got to translate that incredible enthusiasm into specifics. What does this mean for how I understand Torah? How will I express that passion in this particular mitzvah in a way that is unique from that particular mitzvah? That's what it means to settle. To settle the land. It means to take the energy of Hasidus and make it completely embedded and settled in the into every single facet of the Neshama. And you can only achieve that through learning Hasidus Chabad, through which not only do we have 
but the mayona is in a very tangible, relatable, a way that we can appreciate, which brings osimar, which brings Moshiach immediately.